Will there be children's church today? Or Oh, yes, they're the kids' church, yes. I would like to welcome you to South Dakota summer. I think it's arrived. Yesterday was a nice warm day, and I think we're going to get some more nice warm weather. Most people take their vacations during the summer or during a time when they're going to be in a warm place. I remember Pam and I one time, we went to uh, uh, the Virgin Islands in the winter. But it's to be in a nice, warm place. But, you know, in going on vacation, if you go to a place that you have never been before, it's pretty important to take along either a road map or a road atlas or a GPS to get you to where you want to go. This last weekend, this last Monday, we went to Denver to pick up some grandkids for camp. And from there, we came from Denver up through, up through Wyoming and into South Dakota to get over to camp. And it's kind of like the road atlas came in handy and the GPS came in handy. All of that stuff is pretty important if you're going to get to where you want to go on time. Either that or you can go 20, 20 hours out of your way. You know, it's like going out east and heading west instead. Doesn't make much sense, does it? God has a way of bringing us places where we can say, I've never been this way before. That's what he did in the early church in the book of Acts. To give a little background, way back in Genesis, God made a deal with a man named Abraham. And that was he was going to be the father of many nations. And he also, uh, there was a sign, a sign of circumcision that those people were God's chosen people. And for thousands of years, that's the way it was. The Jewish people were God's chosen people. Now, the early church, in the book of Acts, the people of the first church, which is also known as the way, before it was known as Christians, could say, we've never been this way before. In Acts, in chapter 2, Peter preached a message concerning what had happened. The Holy Spirit was outpoured on the 120 in the upper room, and the people visiting Jerusalem were celebrating a holiday known as Pentecost. They heard people speaking in tongues, some in their own language, the praises and great wonders of God. And Peter then, Peter told them to not be afraid, don't be confused. This is what was foretold way back in the book of Joel, that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. One of the greatest messages. You talk about anointed, the Holy Spirit being outpoured. 
Peter's message was so anointed. The scripture tells us in Acts in chapter 2 that 3,000 were added to their number on that one day. And it's kind of like, whoa, what a deal. Following Acts chapter 2, the church grew quickly, and the people saw signs and wonders. And so the apostles went and flowed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Jews, known as God's chosen people, thought that this whole thing about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they thought it was just for them because they were God's chosen. But God had much bigger plans, he did. Jesus, God's son, did not just die for the Jews, but he also died for the Gentiles, and he gave his life for all mankind. So it wasn't just this few Jews, it was also the rest of the world has something to celebrate. We serve a risen Savior, amen? Amen. He did not come just for the Jews, also for the Gentiles. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. The Jews had a plan, but God's plan was so much bigger. God was imparting on his church the vastness of his plan, and that was that all mankind would know him. And also know the Father. His plan far surpassed the Jews. God was taking them a new way. He was showing them the right way to go. And I give you that information because of the text that we have today is so very important as far as the church is concerned. We're going to look at Acts in chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And there's the map up there. The first thing we're going to look at today is this. God's man. And this wasn't a Jewish man either. It says here, at Caesarea, there was a man and his name was Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, and Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon Peter, Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier 
who was one of, in his attendant. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. The man, God's man. His name was Cornelius. He was a military man, it says here. It was a centurion and part of the Italian regiment. He was a military man. He was also a family God-fearing man. Was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. Another thing about Cornelius was this. It tells us here that he was generous in giving to the poor. And Cornelius was also a man of prayer. He knew a God that hears and answers prayer, and he was a man of faith. Cornelius was a godly man. And as I mentioned, he was a Gentile. So the Jews thought all of this stuff that was happening to them was just for them. But could it be that maybe the Gentiles were going to be blessed by God also? Cornelius had a visitor known as an angel of the Lord. In a vision, he saw this angel. And oftentimes when people see angels, they get afraid. Usually when an angel comes and appears in the Bible, the angel has these words, fear not. Remember the angel that came to Mary? That's what he said, fear not. Uh, Also to her uncle, fear not. Back in the Old Testament, every once in a while an angel would come, fear not. And I can imagine there was such a presence of God in that place with Cornelius. The visitor came, an angel is a messenger of the Lord. The messenger came with a message. And the message was this, your gifts to the poor and your prayers, God has taken notice of them. How about this? Your prayers and your giving, does God take notice? God takes notice of those especially who want to honor him in their giving, in their prayers. So if you think, what's the big deal about bringing money up to the offering? What's the big deal about prayers? God takes notice of them. And the angel said, Go get Simon Peter. And Cornelius could have said, well, what's the big deal? I mean, I must have just been pipe dreaming and this won't all happen anyway. So he could have said, done nothing. But Cornelius knew that this was from God. Send some men to Joppa for Simon Peter. God will use Peter. How was God going to use Peter? doesn't say here that he told Cornelius that. Just to send for him. And you'll see here that Cornelius obeyed. Sent two of his servants and a soldier to get Simon Peter at Joppa. God's man, his name was Cornelius. 
God's message, send and get Peter at Simon the Tanner's house. When the angel who spoke to them had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of the attendants. He told them everything that had happened and he sent them to Joppa. And then we're going to look here at God's apostle, the apostle Peter. In verses 9 through 23, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went on, went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. Sounds like a man, doesn't it? Became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering, and I can imagine he was, wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, Three men are, going, are, are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? Peter's vision. A sheet let down from heaven, it says, with the four corners, with all sorts of four-footed animals and reptiles. And for the Jewish and Hebrew people, they were known as unclean. You never eat unclean animals. And yet, God says, Peter, get up. Kill and eat. Peter says, not so, Lord. It's not part of my theology. It's not part of what I'm supposed to be doing here. And God says to Peter, what I have made clean, do not call anything impure that I've made clean. And Peter was wondering, what in the world is this all about? What is God trying to show me? Have you ever had God trying to show you something It was kind of confused at first and then God opened your eyes and you realized, why didn't I think of that? Well, here was Peter. He was judging the situation for what he knew and yet God was changing things up for him. In other words, Peter, your theology's just a little bit warped because Jesus didn't just come for the Jews 
but he came for all mankind, see. And God says, do not call anything unclean that I've made pure. And the Spirit's instruction. Spirit of the Lord told him, there are three men coming downstairs, coming for you, so go downstairs, don't hesitate to go with them. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, these guys are Gentiles. God says, don't hesitate to go with them. And in verse 22 and 23, the men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous man. And it says here, and a God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he can hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into his house to be his guest. These men came and said, Peter, we're not sure all that's going on, but God has sent us, and Cornelius has sent us, because you need to go to Cornelius' house. And of course, God told Peter, wait a minute, don't hesitate to go with these guys, because this is me. Sometimes we hesitate to do what God wants us to, because maybe our theology is a little bit not quite, you know, Listen for the spirit of the Lord. That's so very, very important in Christian living. When God says, do this, do it in obedience to him. And be sure it's the Lord. But obey the Lord when he speaks, do it. Does that mean it's going to be easy? Not necessarily. It could be hard. But yet, God honors obedience. You want the blessing of the Lord? Follow him in obedience. And God's blessing will be there. So Peter went. In spite of Peter's understanding, he obeys God and he goes with them. Peter thought, I'll do this only because God has told me that I need to. Now we think of the Apostle Paul as the Apostle to the Gentiles. But here, even before that's happening, here's Peter going to be speaking to some Gentiles, see. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and called together his relatives and friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence, but Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. I'm not an angel. I'm just a man. And Peter explains why he's there and asks, why did you send for me? In other words, the sheet with the four corners, Tells all the situation about what's going on. Why did you call for me? And in verses 30 through 33, Cornelius answered four days ago. Four, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour, 
at three in the afternoon, and suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is at a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for him, and immediately it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord had commanded you to tell us. Peter explains why he's there and asks, why did you send for me? And all, of the, all that's going on here is kind of like, we're not sure except God is doing something here. We're not really sure all that's going on. And then Peter does a very wonderful thing. He speaks about Jesus. You will notice in Acts in chapter 2, and even in 4 and 5 and 6, it's all about Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to testify of Jesus. Jesus came to testify of the Father. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him. And after he rose from the dead, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believed in him receives forgiveness of sin. And again, who, who believe in him receive forgiveness of sins through his name. So here Peter spoke of God shows no favoritism. Jesus ministered and died for our sins. And we are witnesses not everyone saw him, but we are witnesses of his resurrection. And all who receive him have forgiveness of sins. And as Peter spoke, the Holy Spirit was released and fell. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had, been, who had come with Jesus were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles 
for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, we, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them a few days. In other words, the Holy Spirit was outpoured, and then there was a great baptismal service, a dunking time. The believers were showing their faith in Christ. They had were un, went under the water, buried their sins, and came up new afresh and said, yes, we have received the Lord Jesus. You might say, what's the big deal? Well, it might not seem so big now, but I can tell you back then, it was a really big deal that the Gentiles would have received the Holy Spirit it also was a big deal that the Gentiles would have received Jesus because they thought of Jesus as being for the Jewish people, for the Hebrew people, see. Now, the media now tries to portray Christians as narrow-minded. Do you really believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father? Do you really believe that he brings life to your soul? Here Peter was pointing to the Gentiles, pointing the Gentiles to the one who truly could bring them life. And they believed. The Holy Spirit showed up and showed them that this is the right way to go. Some would say, there are many ways to the Father. The problem with that is, that problem with that kind of thinking is this, it's contrary to Scripture. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're hearing more and more and more in the media about all the different religions of the world. And it seems like Christianity is being pounced down and pounced down and pounced down. The reality of it is the Christianity is, and Christ is the one who brings life. And then, of course, after all this, Peter has to explain his actions to the other disciples. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and you ate with them? Peter began and explained everything to them Precisely as it happened, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling them, get up, Peter kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. And the voice spoke from heaven a second time. 
do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And then it was pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea, as from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. We, he told us how we'd seen an angel appear in his home and said, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, and he, as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believe in the Lord Jesus, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objection and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Here Peter explains, Peter was asked by the other apostles why he had preached to the Gentiles. That's a no-no. His explanation satisfied them, and he told them that God showed him God shows no favoritism. Peter just cooperated. And that's the big thing that we need to understand. Cooperated with the Spirit of the Lord. It would have been easy for him to say, no, we can't do this because of what I know from back there. But Peter was willing to cooperate with the Spirit of the Lord. The Gentiles and Jews alike were taken by surprise. The message of Jesus was not for God's chosen, but for all. The message of salvation is for the whosoevers. Are you a whosoever this morning? We all should be whosoevers. And we are part of the whosoevers that believe in him. The Bible that I have here is like a road map to get to heaven. It is important to live a holy life. It is important to read the instruction that this book gives. But it's also important to live these instructions out in my life. We can read the Bible and read it and read it and not follow its instruction and it becomes of no value. But as we follow the instruction. That's when life really begins. When we read the word and apply it, we realize how very real and how very right it is. To read the word is one thing. To live it in our daily lives makes his word come alive within us. My friends, Jesus is still the answer for the world today. I'd like to repeat that. Jesus is still the answer for the world today. More than ever, we need his abiding presence in our lives. More than ever, we need to know that there is a right way to go. 
God desires to lead you in his ways. And that means I give up trying to do it my way. And I follow his ways. In other words, I yield my life to the Lord to follow after him. We need to learn to cooperate with God and what he is doing. See, Proverbs in chapter 14 and verse 12 tells us this. There is a way which seems right to man, but the end leads to death. Today, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to walk in his ways. The right way to go is to focus on Jesus. That's what Peter did. He preached to the Gentiles, and he got them to focus on Jesus. Lord, we want to be directed by you and your spirit. Help us to keep our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, and his name is Jesus. Please stand with me if you would. You know, it happens that it's important that we know the person of Jesus Christ. I wonder if you could close your eyes, and I want to be sure. Is there anyone here that's never made a commitment to Jesus Christ? And today is the day of salvation. Anyone here by an upraised hand that would say, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Okay. There might be some here today that would say, I want God. God, I need God's direction in my life. Because my friends, he desires to give you direction. Life can be a wonderful thing, especially when you know the right way to go. Life can be a wonderful thing when you cooperate with God in His Spirit. It can help you follow after Him. Is there anyone here this morning that would say by an upraised hand, you know, I really want God's direction in my life. I want to be directed by the Lord. Anyone at all? Yes, I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. Anyone else? I need God's direction in my life. For those of you who raised your hand, if you would come on down here, anyone else who would like to come, like to pray for you? I desire God's direction in my life. Lord, you see these that have come. And they are desiring, Lord, your direction. Lord, I thank you for them, and I pray, Heavenly Father, for not only them, but for the rest of this congregation, Lord, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would direct us in the ways that you would have us to go even as a church. 
thankful, Lord, for these that are here. We ask, Heavenly Father, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to rest upon them. Lord, I pray that you would give them such clear-cut direction in the ways that you would have them go. Make your will, make your way plain in their lives. Go before them, Lord, and I pray, Heavenly Father, that you, that they would rather keep their eyes on you, that you would keep them in your hand, Lord, that you would direct them, but that they would keep their eyes on you, and that they would follow after you, Lord, follow after you with all their heart. And Lord, that will mean seeking you, that will mean running after you, Lord. Pray that that will be the desire of their hearts. And Lord, may that be the desire of all of our hearts that we would follow and run after you. Lord, make us your instruments. Lord, I just ask, Heavenly Father, that you would lead us. Lead us, Lord, in your ways. That we would know the right way to go is following after you. Lord, that is the desire of our hearts. We want to follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. These altars are open for anyone who would like a prayer. If you would like to seek the Lord today, we, we have these altars open for you. For those that need to go, uh, you are dismissed. But for those who would like to stay and pray, we welcome you to stay and pray and seek the Lord.